0: Aren't you glad you have a name you can call on? When everything goes wrong, you have a name you can call on. In the midst of sickness, sorrow, grief, pain, there is a name. When things are going well, there is a name. I'm glad I know the name of Jesus. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Isaiah chapter 14 and also Isaiah chapter 41. If you have your Bibles, I will take your attention there for a few moments. Isaiah chapter 14 and Isaiah chapter 41. Isaiah 14, 24, the Lord of hosts hath sworn, saying, Surely as I have thought, So shall it come to pass. And as I have purposed, so shall it stand. The Lord of hosts, everybody say the Lord of hosts, said as I, the Lord, not as man has thought it, I, the Lord, as I have thought it, it's going to come to pass. And as I have purposed it, so shall it stand. I want that to sink in for a moment. In other words, no matter what kind of plan you can derive or the world derives, as the Lord purposed it, it's going to come to pass. As the Lord has thought it, it's going to come to pass. Isaiah 41 verse 10. Fear not. Everybody say fear not. For I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will, everybody say, I will strengthen thee. That's the Lord speaking. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. What powerful words, not from man, but from God. And I believe he's speaking to this church this morning. By the help of the Lord, I'm going to preach just for a little while today. God is in control of everything. God is in control of everything. Lord, we thank you for the knowledge that you're in control, that you're in charge. God, that you know the end from the beginning and that your will will be done. As you have thought it, it will come to pass. If you have purposed it. It will unfold, and we thank you for that and give you honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Look at your neighbor and tell him God's in control. You can be seated this morning. Brother, Sister Griffith, we're glad to see you back in the house of the Lord. Wow. He's, Brother Griffith has been down a long, long road of surgery and COVID and uh, heart surgery and uh, you name it, he's been through a lot. And uh, the Lord has seen to spare his life and to bring him through and back in the house of the Lord today. God's good. God's good. Probably if I had to, certainly not going to preach a funeral this morning, but if I had to preach a funeral this morning, Lord, why in the world am I starting a sermon like this? It's not in my notes, completely off of it. I look out and see my father-in-law sitting on the front speaking of funerals. I uh, see my father-in-law sitting on the front <laughs> row. <laughs> if there's one thing that I would have to say, he says so often, and I've heard him say over 30 years of being his son-in-law, particularly when diff- when difficulty comes, I'd hear my father-in-law, Brother Dan Lytle, say, God's in control. If I've heard him say it once. I've heard him say it a thousand times. God's in control. God's in control. I don't know, Brother Dan, when I put this message together, I was struggling a little bit because it kind of sounded like I was putting this message together on your behalf this morning, because God is in control of everything. Why don't you say it with me? God's in control of everything. Whatever troubles you today, God is in control of it. What worries you today, God is in control of it. Psalm 118 and verse 6 says, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do to me because God is in control of everything. Whether you believe it or not, God is in control of coronavirus. You may be afraid of it, suffering from it, just getting over it, dealing with it, or still... Hacking from the cough from it. But God is in control of it. I know that it's not popular to say this, but God is also in control of what happens in the presidential election. Because the scripture said that God puts men up and takes men down. He puts kings into their place and he takes them down. That's what the word of the Lord says. So that's all I know. In Psalm 103 verse 19, David declares indeed, God reigns over everything. If He does, why then has He dwindled in the mind of so many modern day Christians? If God truly is in control and reigns over everything, then why have we seen the the degree in which so many have become emboldened in their evil acts. It seems every form of media present the foolishness of men defying God and the ways of God. It stands as an absolute testimony to the fact that God has been diminished in the minds of many. They fail to see Him ruling over everything. Everything. But rather in their minds, if He exists at all, they see Him more small than giant, more weakly than powerful. They think that God is too deaf to hear their plea, that He is too blind, they think, to see their plight. His arm is too short, they think, to reach to where they are. His heart is too small to love, and to understand them in the midst of what they are going through. The emboldened lifestyles of many, particularly those in high places, stands as a silent witness to their view of God. Our out-of-orbit world governments systematically seem to try to belittle God. They scoff at the very idea of God They promote science over faith. They blaspheme his name. Hollywood, the media, the political arena seemingly have waged war on everything that represents God or any form of righteousness or biblical truth. They celebrate the unholy and they magnify sinfulness. There appears to be a conspiracy of darkness and evil to put a distance between man and between man's maker. And even some in the church have separated themselves from the closeness of a personal God and put preferences above biblical standards, eventually viewing God from a very long way far, far off. This will eventually contribute to a diminished concept and mindset of God. Instead of consulting God first, He becomes the last resort. Instead of praying first, we pray when we have no other option. Instead of talking to God and seeking His counsel and wisdom first, we put Him Last. Instead of praying first after we've tried everything else, we then say, Well, I have no other choice, so now I will pray. What can it hurt? The world seems more ready to turn him, to turn to him in troubled times, but most often not in times of triumph. We can make room for him when our world collapses, but he can't even elbow his way in when everything is going well in our lives. We call on him when we're facing a funeral, but we deny him over the festivals of life. We overlook him as a first choice, but don't understand why his delay We don't understand why He doesn't show up at the moment we call Him when He is our only choice. Far too many, I believe, have a diminished view of God. I am certain that our blurred view of Him is not coincidence. God has become small in our sight Because we are viewing him from way too far away. He seems small when we are viewing him from a long distance away. But I want to preach to those today. I want to preach hope to those today in this great congregation. If we will draw near unto him. And if we will come close to Him, we will see Him as He is. And I came to remind us today that God is in control of everything. I'm just going to ask you to do something for me right now. I want you to put down whatever's in your hand. I'm going to ask you to stand with me right now. I'm going to ask you to lift your hands toward heaven, and I'm going to ask you to pray for your pastor right now. I'm not sick. I just need to pray against distractions all over this room right now. I want you to pray in the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, lift your voice. In the name of the Lord, God, I come against every distraction. I come against every person, Lord, that has got their mind a million places on devices, playing with children. Right now, in the name of the Lord, I pray, God, that you help this preacher to preach the word that you have laid upon my heart. God, let every distraction cease in this room, that the power of the Holy Ghost would be able to manifest itself in this room Right now, in Jesus' name. Now, somebody put your hands together and let's magnify the Lord. Come on, lift up your voice. Let's magnify Him today. Somebody's eternity may be at stake. Somebody's soul may be at stake. This is way too important to play church today. It's way too important for us to just go through the motions. We've got people that are struggling and suffering and people that need healing and deliverance. We need the power of the Holy Ghost to show up in this house today. Come on, let's praise him for a moment. Oh, we need you, Lord. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and tell him God's in control. You can be seated today. Sadly, our society has put out its sacred fires of godliness. On May the 24th, 1844, a great professor sent the first message as he had invented the telegraph and sent the first telegraph over an experimental line from Washington, D.C. And he said, look what God hath wrought. He felt that his invention was too advanced for him and that there must be some deity involved in the invention of the telegraph. In 1969, when Neil Armstrong first stepped on the moon, his first words were, one small step for man, one giant step for mankind. On October 2018, Stephen Hawkins celebrated having the highest IQ in the history of man and he declared, there is no God. The shift over the last 170 years has become amazing. Man has mistakenly managed to muscle God out of the equation from the belief that God was involved in what was being done to maybe God and man are working together till eventually there is no God, Mistakenly, man is pushing God out of their lives, out of the world, out of society. It is man, they think, that rules over the festivals of life. God is no longer a consideration in the minds of so many. God has become a power of ancient history, but far too antiquated for this modern society. As a society, we have moved so far away from God when we wonder why so many lives are filled with despair, no peace, no victory, no joy, no excitement, no enthusiasm. The reason is the same for both. It is because we see God from way too far away. He has become diminished in our own mind because our distance from him has become greater. We used to walk close to him. Now we walk away from him. David declares in Psalm 73, my flesh and my heart faileth. But God, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion. They that are far from thee, he declares, shall perish. But it is good for me, David says, to draw near unto God. James chapter 4 and verse 8 says, draw nigh unto God, and he will draw nigh unto you. You need something from God this morning? Draw close to him you need a touch from heaven today, draw close to him. God's not running from you. Every time you take a step toward him, he's taking two steps toward you. Draw nigh, and he will draw nigh to you. Thomas was comfortable with his criticism of his fellow disciples. He said they were dreaming. They were imagining in their mind. They were covering up for their own failure to follow Christ, he said. And then eventually, it was Thomas that said, I will not believe except I thrust my hand into his wounds. He was bold in his unbelief. But when Jesus came close to where Thomas was, And when he saw him close and personal, when Thomas reached out his hand and touched his side and felt the nail prints in his hand, Thomas, the doubter, stopped where he was because when he got close to God, his doubting ended and he started saying, my Lord and my God. God. I want to tell you what will do it for you today. It's when you draw close enough to him that you can reach out and touch him. You'll stop wondering, does God know where I am? Is God reigning over everything? Is God in control of my life? When you get close to him, you'll say, my Lord and my God, I don't know what would have happened. I would have stumbled and fell if it wasn't for a God that was on my side. When I'm weak and weary and sorry. And dealing with grief. He's close as the mention of his name. When Elisha's servant was withering at the sight of the Syrians, the prophet's cry was, Just open his eyes and let him see. And when he drew near, he saw a flaming horsemen and chariots of God standing guard over God's men. The highest thing that Job could imagine in his day. Were stars. He looked up into the sky and Job said, I beheld the moon and the stars. Does not God reign above all of them? Isaiah said, Whom will you liken unto God or what can you compare unto him? He reigns over everything. He's, in other words, he's in control of everything and there's nobody like God. A few years ago, scientists at NASA were astonished at man's ability to develop and take pictures of stars. Remember the Hubble telescope, and they were able to actually take pictures of stars and be able to see exactly details of stars. But let's not forget that while man is rejoicing over their ability, Brother Jerry, just to take a snapshot photo of a star, remember God made them and he made them with the power of a spoken word. Job said, All that we know about the creation of stars, he said, All we've heard so far of him is just a whisper. because when God made the stars here's what the scripture said and he made the stars also move on to the next subject it's not even something we've got to stop and he made the stars also man's photo and what uh, he made the stars also he made them all we've heard of him is just a whisper when he flung the moon and the stars and the earth and the galaxies into their position all we've heard so far of God is just a whisper I come to tell you this morning that your diagnosis is nothing for God. Everything you see created, all we know of him is just a whisper. All we've heard from him is just a whisper. When he starts speaking loudly and boldly, cancer's got to go. Disease has got to go. Hey, your situation's not too hard for God. He is in control of everything. All I've heard of him's a whisper. I don't know what you're experiencing today. I don't know what you're going through today. You may be under the load of it. You may be stressed out over it. You may be frustrated over it. You may be under it. But God is in control of everything. But God's not worried about what you're worried about today. God does not fret over the things you fret over. Because God is in control of everything. The thing you worried about last night, God's in control of it. The thing you laid awake about last week, God's in control of it. The things you're worried about, God's in control of it. The Apostle Paul declares that God's in control. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 21 and 22. He said, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in the world which is to come and hath put all things under his feet (laughs) and gave him the head over all things To the church. Now it starts to make sense to those that don't know God, to those that are lost in this world. They're, they're, they're rightfully wandering around and wondering what to do and worried and weary and stressed, and, but not to the church. He came to declare to us that he hath put all things under his feet and he is the head over all things, not in the church, but to the church. He came to say to the church, oh, I'm preaching to somebody today. I'm preaching to the church today that God is head over all things to the church to the lost world well they're wandering around and don't know what to do but to the church he's put all things under his feet and he's been given authority above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named in this world and in the world to come we have nothing to fear God is in control of everything I submit to you a Savior that's not struggling with the things you're struggling with. I submit to you a Savior that's not limping his way along through life. I submit to you a Savior who is not worried like we are worried. I submit to you a Savior that is not surprised over the things we're shocked over. He is in control of everything. Somebody shout God's in control. Come on, shout it again. You don't need a Bible to figure out that God is great. One look in the mirror ought to tell you that God is great. It should deliver us from the deception that we just happened. Some scientists came up with the idea of trying to figure out what an. Normal human body is made up of 58 pounds of oxygen, and some folks they want a little more hot air than others. 50 quarts of water, two ounces of salt. I ate that much in bacon yesterday. Three pounds of calcium, 24 pounds of carbon, chlorine and phosphorus, some fat, a little more for some of us, some iron, some sulfur and some glycerin. This is what biologists say that you need to make a human body. But when God made a human body, he just scooped up some dust, pulled it all together, breathed some life into it, put him into a deep sleep, reached into the side of Adam, pulled out a bone, formed a woman. cause She wasn't made from dirt. We're just dirt, man. That's why you better be careful what you say about your wife. She's made out of the substance that you are. You are made out of dirt. The ushers are coming. God is in control of everything. And the evolutionists expect me to believe that this world evolved from Swirling gases, it would be easier to believe that a Webster's Unabridged Dictionary came out of an explosion in a printing press than to believe that this world just banged happened. I came from a God that is in control of everything. He decided what I would look like, what shape I would be in, the color of my eyes and my hair and the complexion of my skin. It doesn't make me greater than you or less than you. God had a plan for me and God's got a plan for you. Whether your eyes are blue, brown, green or pink, doesn't really matter. I come today to tell you God was in charge of making you and forming you and shaping you and God's still in charge of every part of your life. You may be under the pressure of it today, but God is in control of everything. Oh, somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Come on, tell your neighbor, God's in control. I'm closing this morning. Let me close by telling you this. There's nobody quite like Jesus. He reigns over everything. He's in control of everything. The good days and the bad days, God's still in control. The good things that are happening in your life are brought into your life because of God. Even the, even somebody said, well, I don't understand why God doesn't eradicate evil. He made evil. He allows it. Don't, don't think that evil happened in spite of God. God made evil. Evil is to be used for the testing of of the saints. So I know you may not like that theology, but it's true and it's in the Word of God. God is in charge of evil. He can speak to evil at any time He wants to. There is nothing that has caught Him off guard. When we were all shocked back in February and March with coronavirus, God wasn't shocked by all of it. He reigns over it. The prophet Ezra said, There's none like thee, neither is there any God beside thee. According to all that we've heard with our ears, there's nobody quite like Jesus. David said, There's none like thee, O Lord, neither is there any works like thy works. Isaiah said, There's none like him. If I could persuade somebody in this room today that God is in control of every situation. That doesn't mean that you don't have to try. That doesn't mean that you don't have to have faith. We're given the commandment of the word of the Lord to have faith. We're given commandment in the word of the Lord that we're to work. We're given commandment in the word of the Lord to live righteously. But I'm telling you that God is in control of everything. The Bible said the steps of a good man or ordered of the Lord. The steps. He's ordering my steps. Every place I go, everything that I do. One writer said, He maketh my feet like hinds feet. Have you seen the photos of the the hinds? Or the sheep and goats of the mountains that their hooves are locked into the edge of just a little crevice somewhere and they're hanging on for dear life. The issue is, is that nothing and nobody can get to them. He maketh my feet like hinds feet. The problem in life may be too hard for us. It is. We can't think through it. We can't figure it out. But it's not too hard for God. The the enemy's not in control of your life because God reigns over all things. He's in control of all things. So there's hope for you today, my friend. Jesus said, I am. The living water. I am the breath of life. I am the resurrection. I am the truth. Whatever you need, you will find in Jesus. Whatever you need, you'll find in Jesus. He's ordering your steps today. Stand with me all over this building, if you would. Maybe somebody is about to make a decision today. We're not going to get out of the ordinary this morning, but maybe somebody in this room wants to walk to the front and say, I'm coming today because I've been carrying a heavy, heavy load. I've been carrying the weight of the world upon my shoulders. I've been stressed and frustrated. feel like I'm out of breath and out of wind and out of life. Here I am suffering and struggling, but God's in charge. Maybe you want to just come lay your burden, casting all your cares upon Him, for He cares for you. That's it. Maybe you want to just walk to the front of the room Maybe you want to pray right where you are. It doesn't matter. You do what feels right for you. But right now, somebody in this building is making a decision. Maybe for the very first time, I'm going to follow the Lord. I'm going to trust Him. Come on, He's ordering your steps today. He's ordering your steps. Walk here to the front of this room. Take the initiative to respond right where you are today. He's ordering your steps. Come on, make that commitment to him. God's in control. Let him know you're gonna follow his lead. You're gonna let him be your leader, your director. The control of our lives. God,
1: you are higher than any.
0: room right now turn this place into a prayer room everybody's reaching toward God he's in charge he's in control